0: So the other day I posted a meme over in my Christian Wife and Marriage community on Facebook. It's a picture of two dogs growling at each other with the text when you're at home. And below it is a picture of the same dogs smiling with the text in public. And I kind of giggled at first because it's kind of funny because it's true. You kind of argue on your way to a place or a party or even to church And then as soon as you show up, it's all smiles, right? So it's kind of also sad because it's true. My friend commented on that post and she said that she heard a pastor once say, you're never a better Christian than the Christian you are at home. And that got me thinking that there's more to the story than just a funny meme. And there's a deeper issue going on behind the scenes. Why is this so important? If it's so relatable... Why is it even a big deal? Can't I just leave you alone and let you live your life? No, sorry boo, this has eternal effects and there's nothing more important than our souls and eternal lives with the Lord. So we're gonna dive a little deeper into this topic today so go grab your coffee and get ready, cause here we go. This isn't a game of ding dong ditch and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to The Jar Podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth. And we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. If you're not a part of that Christian Wife and Marriage community on Facebook that I talked about, click on the link in the show notes or simply put in the search bar in Facebook Christian Wife and Marriage Community. You'll see that meme that I mentioned and other discussions that we have over there that really encourage us to grow in our relationships with the Lord and challenge us to show up for our marriages. So come join us over there. All right, how many of you have had conversations that sound something like this with a friend? Ugh, I spent all day pouring out my best to my students, being so patient with them, thinking before I speak, giving them constructive feedback and gentle discipline. And then as soon as we get in the car, my son starts whining about something that happened. And I get so short with him and I just want him to be quiet. I often raise my voice at him or just tell him to be quiet and I wish I could give him what I give to them. Or maybe something like, So the other day in the grocery store, some lady said this really rude thing to me and I I bit my tongue and I just politely smiled and nodded. I didn't really make a big deal or overreact or anything. But the second that I walked in the door, I hurled just a bunch of ugly words at my husband and my kids watched the whole thing. Or maybe... Yeah, some idiot cut me off on the highway and I gave him a piece of my mind and some choice words. Then my kids started calling each other names in the back seat and I told them to quit it and be kind to each other. See, okay, real talk, real quick. Listen, Linda. The devil wants you to be inconsistent. He wants you to go to church with one face on and come home with another. He wants you to show up at your workplace or the kids' baseball game or your community group, with a big ol' smile and a hey girl on your face, but then when you close that car door or you walk inside your home, it's suddenly back to scowls and sighs and sarcasm. Y'all know that Satan's got a big ol' smile on his face whenever we show restraint around someone who's bothering us out in public or say, I'll be praying for you with a head tilt to a friend at church and then we come home and there's no prayer. There's no restraint of our words or self-control. You're never a better Christian than the Christian you are at home. You're never a better mom. You're never a better wife. You're never a better Christian than the one you are at home. See, I hear this and my perfectionistic tendencies want to go, you suck, you're a failure, you're not good enough, you'll never do a good enough job. Who am I kidding though? That's the devil trying to prevent me from taking action by attacking my thoughts. He does the same to you. It's a spiritual battle around us all the time. But today we're going to focus on some simple practical things that we can do. But first we have to understand what is the problem? The problem with being one way in public and another at home. What is the big deal? And I'm going to throw in a disclaimer here that no one is perfect. That's not the end goal of all of this. If you're walking in awareness, conviction, repentance, and allowing the Lord to work in this area of your life, then the mistakes you make along the way with your kids won't have the same effect as if you were to not care or not try and not point them to the God that is perfect. So just needed to throw that little disclaimer in there that this isn't about perfection, but it is about aligning ourselves with the word of God and with what he wants for us, which is to be more like Christ, who was consistent and faithful in his words and his actions. So the problem is that when you act one way in public and the other way or a different way at home, That is almost the exact definition of hypocrisy. And I just did an episode last week on hypocrisy, and you can go back and listen to that. But the problem is is that kids especially are so perceptive, and husbands see it too. And when we are hypocritical, especially when it comes to things involving God and the church, our kids especially deduce that this whole Christianity thing this whole God thing this whole Jesus first thing isn't real they're gonna see the doubled-mindedness the inconsistencies and they're gonna struggle to believe that what's said in church and what we say is important is actually real and true because of what happens in the home how can we possibly make a kingdom impact and a difference outside our home, if our impact in the home is more hurtful or hypocritical or harmful. First Samuel sixteen seven says that a man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. People may see one thing, but God knows what's really going on inside your heart, and that counts more than anything you do in front of others. So how do you become a woman of your word? What do we need to do? to stop acting one way in public and another way in our homes. Today, we're going to talk about five questions that will challenge you to be the Christian wife and mom that God's called you to be in your home first and your community and workplace or the world second. Number one, where is God calling you to focus? Are you where he wants you right now? Are you focusing on something else instead of your home or your marriage or your children? And he hasn't called you to do that. Or maybe he's shifting it for you. When I started feeling the tug to to leave teaching, to leave the classroom, part of what the Lord was showing me was the amount of focus I was putting into my work and the 20 plus students that I had every day. And it was causing me to lose focus on my own two children and zapping all of my energy to only offer them my leftovers and then my husband would get my leftover leftovers. So where is he calling you to focus? If he's calling you to it, he will get you through it and he will guide you, he will strengthen you, he will empower you and for a long time he did that for me with teaching. But as he started to call me out of it, I had to pay attention to That question, where is God calling my focus? Where should it be right now? Because what I was bringing home was not a pretty sight. And not that it's all peachy now, but it is much better because I am prioritizing what God's called me to do within my own four walls of my home. So number one is where is he calling you to focus? Number two, what can you cut back or cut out or replace? So kind of take an inventory of how you spend your time and your energy. Who's getting that time and energy? And how can your family get more of it? What are your distractions? What's keeping you from really intentionally paying attention to your husband or your kids in a way that allows you to be more conscious of your responses to them? Do you constantly have your phone in your face? Are you working... Hours all day and night, just kind of whatever, because now you work from home. I've had to kind of learn how to time block and kind of set aside actual work hours. And I gave up Instagram for 30 days to really see a difference that it made in my distraction level with my kids. Are you simply so distracted when you're at home that you prior- prioritize everything else but your family? It's so easy to be short with somebody or kind of cut them off, and I even did this the other night while we were watching one of the baseball playoff games. My son wanted to stay up and watch some of it, and he asked me a question, and I happened to be on the computer because I had not been very disciplined in my time that day. And instead of turning and paying attention to him, I just kind of cut him off, and I said something rude to the extent of, if you're just going to sit here and ask questions then go to bed or something because it was past his bedtime and it was rude I was so rude to him and so the next day I had to kind of pull him aside have a little conversation with him and apologize I didn't even fully catch it in the moment I did sort of catch it and explain whatever he'd asked me but at the same time the Lord had to kind of convict me over the evening and the morning hours and I had to go and apologize to him and if it weren't for me being distracted I probably wouldn't have been so rude to him. So question number two is, what can you cut back or cut out or replace that is possibly distracting you and therefore making you have a shorter fuse or making you react in an in, in unkind way? Number three, what are you worshiping? Do you value others' opinions over obedience? Would you rather show up with a happy churchy face and say, I'll be praying for you, rather than stopping and praying right then with that person right there and actually doing it? Idols in your life can cause you to prioritize things that don't really matter because you're worshiping the wrong thing. When God's not on the throne of your heart, it's easy to not follow where he's leading. Go listen to, to episode number nine. Um, I think it's I think the title starts with, I Spy a Fake. And it's about how to identify, dismantle, and replace counterfeit gods in your life. Because when the Lord is Lord over your whole life, he'll lead you to become more like him, which is the same here and the same there. He is consistent and faithful and trustworthy, which means you will become those things more too when he's Lord of your life in every aspect. So number three is what are you worshiping? Number four What does your time with the Lord look like? If you're quote-unquote reading the Bible every day or you're going to Bible study, but your actions and your words towards those in your house or even anybody else are opposite of the fruit of the Spirit, something is off. And I can testify to that. I was one of the biggest hypocrites at one point in my life, going to a Bible study and sinning in another area of my life reading my Bible every day and yet entangled in sin. Something is off if the fruit that you're bearing does not match up with what you say your time with the Lord is like. Maybe you really are physically reading the Bible, but is your mind closed? Is your heart closed? Are you not receiving what He's trying to tell you? Are you aware of what's going on? Or is anyone pointing anything out to you? Are you listening to them? Is your time with God focused and introspective enough? Are you actually letting the Holy Spirit convict you or are you maybe starting to hear him whisper something and then you kind of shushing him and distracting yourself again or doing something so that you don't really have to hear what he's saying because you know what he's going to say. Everything you say and do comes out of this time with him. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is obviously Jesus talking here. He's talking about He is the source of life. And when you abide and remain in Him, like a tree does next to water, you're going to grow, you're going to bear those good fruits. And without Him, you can't do anything. So, again, what does your time with the Lord look like? Now, I can't necessarily say it looks the same for everyone. It kind of depends on your season of life. Like when I was a new mom, my time with the Lord looked really, really different than it did before and than it does now that my boys are older. I couldn't spend an hour a day sitting there quietly thinking and praying. No, I had babies crawling all over me and I had mess everywhere and I was buried in dirty laundry and toys. So my time with the Lord was different. It was a lot more verbally processing and praying in the shower whenever I had one (laughs) and maybe it was reading the Bible with kids crawling all over me whatever it is though are you going to him with the intention and the desire to soak in whatever he wants to say or are you just checking a box there's something there too so again what does your time with the Lord look like the last one is how How are you held accountable? Who holds you accountable? Does anyone even know that you struggle with this? Is it a hidden thing that happens behind closed doors? You don't have to struggle alone. Those memes are funny because they're relatable. Because so many people struggle with the same thing. They struggle with showing up and wanting to put on a brave face and let nobody else know about the argument that just happened in the car or about the way that you just yelled at your kid before you dropped him off at school. You don't have to struggle alone. Have you told your husband or your kids that you want to be better in this area? One of the most impactful things that my dad used to say to my sister and me as kids was, how can I be better? I want to be better at something. He would voice it, and we knew he was always wanting to treat us better or set an even better example for us. Let someone in. Confess to a friend or or ask your kids for forgiveness Set goals together as a family or ask someone else to check on you every so often. and Just say, hey, how's it going in this area? Or how have you been with your family? Have you raised your voice? Have you yelled? Whatever specific issue it is that you tend to struggle with. Let somebody ask you those questions. And if you're not ready for that, journal and ask the Lord to hold you accountable. Keep sort of a record of how it's going and look back. Maybe once a week to see the impact that it's making. Do you see a difference? Do you see a difference in the time of your reactions? Maybe you're still struggling in that area, but you're taking more time to think before you speak, even if the words aren't perfect. Who's holding you accountable? You know, the Proverbs 31 woman, she is called blessed by her husband and her children. Not her Instagram following, not her Facebook group members not even her church friends or business clients. Even if she does bless them and and they would consider her a blessing, Scripture says it's her husband that praises her and her children that rise and call her blessed. That's where we have to start. The home is where we have to start. The gifts of our children and our husbands is where we need to start, making the difference. It has an eternal impact and it matters. So if you're struggling in this area, go back through and ask yourself these five questions. Where is God calling you to focus? What can you cut back or cut out or replace in your life and limit distractions? What are you worshiping and who is really sitting on the throne of your heart? What does your time with the Lord look like and are you abiding in him? And who holds you accountable in these goals to become more like Christ? I hope this challenged you today and encouraged you a little bit. And again, if you're not part of the Christian wife and marriage community on in Facebook, we talk a lot more about questions like this, challenge each other in there, and we have fun too. I'll see y'all in there. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.